Hello and welcome to The Daily Booktopian. I'm Mark Harding, Content and Brand Manager for Booktopia, and this is a podcast all about reading during the time of isolation and social distancing, and we'll be discussing what we're reading and recommending while we're all working from home, minimizing our time in the outside world. Today, we are joined again by Category Manager for Children's Books, Sarah McJulian. Hello, Sarah. Hey. And we are also joined again by senior content producer and editor of the Booktopian blog, Olivia Frico. Hello, Olivia. Hi, Mark. You make me sound so important. <laughs> I love well, it. Just know that you're not. Wow. <laughs> that, that, was, that was really mean. I don't know. <laughs> Isolation's turning me mean. Um, so before we jump into it, just a note on the recording. We are recording this on our um, laptops via Skype, so the audio quality may not be the same as what you're used to on our other Booktopia podcasts. Uh, I am also dealing with uh, children who are working from uh, working from home, who are doing schooling from home, and are in the same room as me. So if uh, we get any comments or screaming or yelling. Uh, that's fine. Uh, Sarah might have a plane flyover and somebody <laughs> has a garbage truck as well. So we're dealing with some stuff today, people. Anyway. You sound totally it. chilled and happy to be here, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week. Uh, yeah. So let's jump into it. Sarah, what have you brought for us today? Okay, so... Um... I am going to talk today about a book that I read a little while ago and a book that I'm about to read. Um, the book that I read a little while ago that I have, I think, spoken about briefly on this podcast, but I want to just dive in probably because now I know Liv has read it and I'm hoping we can, <laughs> we can like, debrief a little bit, is Aurora Burning by um, Amy Cowell. Love this series. It is such good reading that I'm... I'm going to read it again, <laughs> probably very soon, because um, it just has, it gives me all the happiness. So for anyone who's not familiar with this series, um, this is a, like, I like to think of it as the best Marvel movie that hasn't been made. It's a little bit Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a little bit, um, like, I think that the original pitch I heard for this was Breakfast Club means Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that do I have that right, or is that a different book? That's <laughs> that description really fits this book. It's about a bunch of kind of misfit people who don't really um, have much in common, uh, and they are all in the same squad at the Aurora Academy, and they kind of in the first book land themselves in a lot of trouble, and this second book is kind of the fallout from that. And it is full of adventure. The characters are all incredibly lovable, like just so funny. You can't pick a favourite. Like I literally can't pick a favourite. Can you, Liv? Um, every time the chapter perspective changes, I'm like, this is my favourite character. That's how I feel. <laughs> and that's so like, rare. This is my favourite character. Yeah, I never feel that. Like with an ensemble kind of switching POV style book like this, usually you have the ones that you are really into and then you hate when their chapter ends and you sort of reluctantly move on to the next point of view, hoping to rush back to your favourite. I don't have that with this series. Every character um, that pops up, I want to hear from them. I want to know what's going on with them. I'm deeply in love with all of them. It is such a fun book to hang out in. And 
it is um, like the word Liv that you used when we were discussing it was propulsive, which is just. You make me sound like such a wanker. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was the perfect word because once you start this, you can't, there's no time where the story sort of slows down and you can leave. Like it is Mm. just hard, hardcore action and suspense and just it pulls you through this story like you can't you can't put it down and the whole time they're in these life or death situations and everything is like you can't read fast enough because it's so stressfully exciting (laughs) they're also being hilarious and lovable so like what more could you ask for really I had such fun reading it and I read it sort of just before things turned really bad um in the world and like now it's all I want to read. I think I'm going to go back and read the first book and then read um, Aurora Burning again. And then um, just because Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff are such geniuses, they also have a whole other trilogy that they've written together. And I think I then will go back and read all of that. That's my plan anyway because it is feel-good, exciting stuff and it's got so much heart. Like, you know, you can you can read things that are just pure fun and then you – but, you, you know, you don't get that much out of it except some mindless distraction. But when the thing that is pure fun also is full of big ideas and, like, you know, deep emotions, it just, to me, that's just, like, five stars every time. And that's what I'm going to say about Aurora Burning. I could keep that, going. I'm conscious that we have a limited time. Yeah, that, that, that sounds incredible. Uh, you, did, you did warn in the group chat before we started that this could go for an hour. So... <laughs> I'm glad we're trying to stick to time. But that's an amazing recommendation. Thank you so much for bringing that, Sarah. Um, Liv, what have you brought for us today? Hi. Um, So I'm still reading Hamnet, which I told you about the other day. Still loving it. Um, But I'm also deep into the third book of Catherine Arden's um, Internet Trilogy. It's so good. I, I really liked the first book, and I didn't pick up the second book for a while until a couple of weeks ago and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go through my bookshelf alphabetically and pick the first book on my shelf that I haven't read yet and that's just sitting there. And it was um, the second book, uh, The Girl in the Tower, and immediately became obsessed with the series again and now I'm deep into The Winter of the Witch. Um, this is and so exciting. It's so good. Um, I think the closest thing, I would describe it as Naomi Novik's Uprooted meets Game of Thrones. And, yeah, if you love the Starks in particular, you're you're really going to love this book because it's set in um like the family that it kind of deals with in the main character. They remind me a lot of the Starks, but basically it's um it's a fantasy trilogy based on um, Russian and Eastern European folklore. So there's like Baba Yaga, and I think they. It's about a young woman named Vasya who can see what she calls Cherti, um, which are basically like household demons and magical creatures and like nature, like creatures in nature. And it's so good. And it's about her dealing with the power that she has to see those because not everyone in her family does while battling one particularly evil demon who is... I'm not explaining this well, but like basically. I think you're explaining it amazingly well. It's just so good. And it's, 
takes on actual figures of folklore like um Morosco the um the winter king and I love his character and it's just it's so engrossing and you really get lost in this world and Vasya is just such an incredible main character she's you know she has all these incredible magical powers well not powers abilities in a time where it was very dangerous for a woman to even be able to read and just dealing with that and her status as a woman in the world while also battling you know this the magical oh my gosh I've completely lost my train of thought Liv, you are you're nailing it Describing that series as Game of Thrones meets um, Uprooted by Naomi Novik is really on point, I feel. That is, like, yeah. exactly what it's like. And it's and, and I haven't read the last book yet either, movie. so I'm so excited to hear about it from you. Oh, look, all I'm going to say is this one's it just goes to a place that you don't expect and it's really beautifully written and immersive and I'm just obsessed with this series. Great. Thank, thanks for that, Liv. That sounds really cool as well. Some really great escapist recommendations today. I love it. Yes. Uh, now, now, Sarah, um, you said at the beginning of uh, our chat today that you wanted to do something extra today. Well, what was that that you wanted to, to throw in to the podcast? Oh, we're doing that now. Okay, cool. Let's do um, it. <laughs> uh, so I thought it might be cool after we... I, think, I didn't speak about my book on my TBR. Should I save that for next time? Sure, yeah. We're, we're, okay. we're already at 10 minutes, so, so yeah. All right. So the idea was that at the end of the podcast, we all just share um, a little thing that we're doing or that we've enjoyed that is making our um, isolation a little bit easier. Just something that's given you some joy, like a moment of joy. I like it. That's a good idea. Uh, Liv, <laughs> do you have something that's brought you joy? Um, yeah, this is going to sound really basic, but also just getting back into cooking and actual cooking actual meals so I'm not just eating yeah. eggs on toast every night for dinner has been really good and in particular this is so basic but um I've been really loving Alison Roman's recipes um she's the New York Times one of New York Times food writers um she's kind of an internet sensation for her the stew um it's called it's just a spiced chickpea stew I made it the other night it was delicious it brought me so much joy um <laughs> So basically I'm just going through every single recipe that she's ever written in her life and I'm going to come out of quarantine basically like five times bigger but five times happier. <laughs> That's awesome. Amazing. Uh, what about you, Sarah? Uh, so, I mean, I just thought this would be a cool thing to do but I didn't know we were doing it now so I, I didn't think what to say but I guess something that I've been doing since this started that just gives me joy and it's going to make me sound a bit crazy I think but um I've been regrowing like from vegetable scraps <laughs> which <laughs> makes me sound I, I feel like I sound like some kind of um doomsday prepper now but like it's not it's not as though I think I can't go out and buy vegetables I know I can but I just thought it would be a cool time to I've always sort of wanted to do stuff like that. So, you know, I had I came to the end of spring onions and then I, like, dropped them in a jar with water and let them grow roots and planted them. And now they're actually, like, growing really well. And that, that is giving me joy. And I'm doing, I'm doing it with a few other things as well. I'm just gardening in general. Like, I've got a little garden going on, on my balcony that's, um, that's my happy place right now. So that's mine for this week. Nice. Next week I'll be more prepared. <laughs> 
And I've been watching TV. So. <laughs> <laughs> what in particular? Oh, um, well, I actually started watching um, the Harry Bosch TV series. Um, Ooh. Yeah, because uh, I started reading um, reading Michael Connolly's books this year because I'd never read him before and I just thought I'd, I'd give it a go and really, really enjoyed them. So I started watching Bosch and it's it's good. It's really good. How does it compare? Because I love the books, but I still haven't watched the show. Um, well, I've only watched the first kind of handful of episodes. I only started this week. And it's like uh, the first season combines three novel storylines into one kind of plot. Um, and the guy they, they've cast as Harry Bosch um, is an actor called Titus Willewe. I'm probably saying his name wrong. Uh, and he's not kind of the Bosch as described in books, but uh, yeah. but he's like a modern kind of take on him. And he's, uh, he's, he's very, very good in the role. Um, and I'm enjoying it a lot. Oh, that's a cool wreck. That is yeah. very cool. I've just been re-watching Mad Men and loving it. <laughs> I've been watching Australian comedies like Upper Middle Bogan um, <laughs> and I'm planning on going on next to Rosehaven. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thanks guys for joining us today. Um, we always like to give a shout out to some Australian authors at the end of this podcast. Sarah, do you want to do the honours today? Uh, well, we already shouted out to some with Amy, Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. Um, so shout out to those guys. They're amazing. Also, just a book that I've literally just started and um, we'll be probably talking about next week is The Year the Maps Were Changed by Danielle Binks. So she's an Australian debut author um, and, a, and a big voice in the, um, the YA community. So shout out to Danielle Binks. That's awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for listening to The Daily Booktopia. As always, you can listen to all of our podcast episodes for free right now on our SoundCloud page. Uh, and we will see you again at the same time tomorrow. We'll hear you again at the same time. You will hear us at the same time tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Please leave that. That was lovely. Okay. Everybody knows what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our producer Nick just messaged me to say he's not cutting that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.